All right, this is Mike Cohen. Welcome to my podcast. Jonathan Traeger is a true local boy who makes good. He was raised in Cote St. Luke, was a member of the emergency medical services from 1994 to 2001. En route to becoming a physician in Pennsylvania, he continued to pursue his passion of serving as a paramedic. And today, Jonathan is the medical director of St. Luke's Emergency and Transport Services in Fountainville, Pennsylvania, very much in the trenches fighting the coronavirus. But he also has the title of major in the United States Air Force Reserves, and he joins me now. Jonathan, welcome. Thank you very much. Jonathan, let me start off with the topic which has overwhelmed all of us, and that's COVID-19. What is the situation like for you at St. Luke's and in Pennsylvania in general? Sure. So, uh, you know, being close to New York City, Manhattan, East Coast, uh, areas of high concentration, we certainly had uh, at least probably about a month and a half ago, probably our highest number, certainly not anywhere uh, that, you know, you were seeing or hearing from uh, the number that they were talking about in New York. Uh, But we certainly had, you know, a substantial number of of cases, uh, you know, uh, certainly uh, lots of people that have succumbed, but a lot of people that had uh, survived and done well. I believe our last number, we were over 500, certainly successful recoveries, including patients who were uh, even in the ICU. Uh, As of late, things seem to have settled down a little bit now, but, you know, it's, there's always a concern about the, the possibility of sort of what's around the corner. Absolutely. And, and where do you see this? Where do you, as a physician, where do you see this going in the coming months? Will it get worse? Are you optimistic about a vaccine? What's our summer going to be like? What are your thoughts? So, I mean, on a personal level, it's, it's very hard to know. And this is not just a matter of, uh, you know, sort of uh, trying to pass the buck. It, you know, this current situation, it's, uh, it's extremely dynamic, which has sort of been the interesting and almost, you know, dare I say, sort of fun challenge opportunity to practice medicine, uh, you know, for almost for the first time in a while, just, just with a sort of this novel, novel infectious uh, agent going around. But it's really hard to tell. I think, you know, uh, like a lot of a lot of situations where people are sick or where you're dealing with, uh, you know, whether it is a natural disaster or other, you sort of have to just take it day by day and, uh, you know, heed the warnings, uh, uh, things that are sort of reasonably suggested, you know, maintaining your distance, uh, wearing your uh, wearing your, you know, your personal protective equipment or mask and just being sensible and having sort of what we call, especially from the military standpoint, situational awareness you know, knowing your environment and where you sort of fall into a, a, a situation, uh, you know, when you're out and about. Uh, so it, it's really hard to know. I think looking at sort of what's happening with a lot of cancellations over the summer, it looks like it will be, uh, you know, a fairly sedate summer, probably more of an opportunity, uh, you know, on a positive note for families to actually be together and spend some time and have a little more quality time. I know my kids are off school. They've been off of school since uh, the middle of March. Uh, They're not going back until the new school year in September, assuming that, uh, you know, things don't flare up around then. Uh, And, you know, I will be spending, obviously, more quality time with them. Uh, Some days are better than others, of course. But, you know, again, this with with you know all of the bad going on, I think the important thing too is to look at sort of what what silver lining there is with with uh, the situation, assuming that you're able to do that. You know, more close time with family, interaction with uh, friends and peers, reevaluating the things that are important in life, uh, as opposed to sort of all the materialistic nonsense that's sort of been pushed down our throats for for many years. 
and just a real focus on, uh, you know, the what's what really what is truly important to you. And what about a vaccine? Uh, are you optimistic we can have one within the next 12 months that uh, that could be uh, that could be ready to go? Uh, I mean, it seems that there's a lot of uh, a lot of companies and institutions working on this. Uh, it's again, it's it is hard to know, and it's you know there's the challenge with vaccines are. Um, and there's there's numerous challenges obviously with with creating the the right vaccine that the body is obviously going to respond to and is going to infer immunity. Uh, you know, there's still a lot about I think this particular virus and its effect on the bodies and the body's response to it, uh, whether they're you know being infected infers immunity or confers immunity rather, and whether uh, a vaccine will truly be effective. You know, we know with the influenza vaccine that certainly it, it does have its uh, uh, you know, it's, um, I wouldn't say downfall, but it certainly has its, its uh, you know, weak points. Uh, it, it is beneficial, but, you know, certainly is not 100% effective. And so there's always those challenges. Uh, you know, uh, am I optimistic? I mean, it would certainly be nice, but I think until that happens, the focus really needs to be on, uh, you know, the, the things that are really sort of tangible and easy to uh, easy to do, which, you know, again, comes back to, the, the suggestions for distancing and, and wearing a mask and just being cognizant of the situation. You have family and friends in Montreal. What now? What's it like being in Pennsylvania? And what are you hearing about the situation in Montreal? Yeah, so it's interesting. My parents were actually supposed to come down and visit uh, right when this was starting off here, uh, which at least formally. Uh, so beginning of March, they're supposed to come down and visit, and I. I urge them to refrain from doing that. And I think within a week, you know, everything sort of started getting shut down. Uh, I do follow what's going on in Montreal. I do have some friends in the emergency management world <clears throat> and some friends who uh, work in healthcare, uh, uh, specifically, you know, at, at the Jewish General and are dealing with, with these patients. And we've been in contact ever since, you know, everything started uh, back in the beginning of March. And it doesn't, it seems like, like eons ago, but it's really just, what, about a couple of months now. Um, so uh, it's, it's, you know, Montreal is a, uh, especially obviously the downtown core is a more concentrated area. And so it's not unexpected in, you know, those areas, especially like, you know, Manhattan and the larger cities where, uh, you know, people live in close quarters, uh, you know, that, that it's much easier to obviously spread a, uh, a contagion of this nature. Uh, you know, obviously, I was, you know, talking to my friends up there who are in healthcare, they are doing certainly the, uh, you know, the best job that they can do given the circumstances, uh, you know, taking care of their patients. The uh, same, you know, as us here, they've had their successes. They've, they've had, you know, certainly patients who have succumbed. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, as far as what the government's doing there, I'm sort of seeing the tidbits. I'd have to talk to, uh, I think, my friend in emergency management and sort of get a little bit more of the of the details. I know there's certainly concern from, uh, you know, parents whose uh, children are expected or at least they're going to be, I guess, reopening the schools towards the end of the month. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know really what to say about that. You know, I'm happy that my kids are off right now until uh, until the new year and we can sort of reevaluate. Uh, you know, I guess it's they're really going to have to sort of see what transpires over the next week or so as to whether they're going to continue to, uh, you know, go through with that plan. Uh, you know, a lot of people have their opinions, you know, open it, let everyone get exposed and see what happens. 
uh, you know, it's or you know, try to try to uh, you know avoid obviously getting this at at, at all costs. And so there's a lot of variation. Um, and you know, I think I think it's uh, it's you know, sadly, it's probably going to come down to you know the parents' uh, willingness to send their kids to school or not. So it's it's a very challenging situation and very challenging times, and it's uh, sometimes hard to know what is the best thing to do. Well said. And uh, moving on to your role with the reserves, that's quite an honor. What what exactly do you do in the reserves? Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, people always ask me. Uh, you know, obviously as a as a Canadian, uh, you know. Uh, born and raised in Montreal for half my life and then moved to the United States, you know, why, why did you want to join the American military? And certainly, uh, you know, why not the Canadian military and why in your early forties did you decide to do this? Uh, you know, it's something I've always been interested in doing. I've always sort of had a, a fascination and interest in the military. And I certainly have a, a, a few friends who are in the reserves. My role uh, specifically is as a critical care physician and I'm currently, or will be starting my training uh, to join what's called a critical care air transport team, or CCAT uh, for short, which is the uh, team comprised of a physician, a critical care nurse, and a respiratory therapist whose job it is to transport and transfer uh, usually wounded soldiers and or military contractors or civilian contractors um, uh, you know, or, or certainly uh, wounded, uh, you know, nationals of a country uh, from the front lines uh, back to a uh, a hospital facility uh, that can uh, provide, you know, more uh, uh, more robust treatment for the patient. So, you know, if it would be from, let's say, the front lines in Afghanistan to, uh, you know, Germany for uh, for health, for uh, for treatment and or back to the United States. Uh, there's also a role uh, in natural disasters. Uh, one of my friends actually had been deployed down to Haiti when there was the earthquake, and so there, there certainly is that role as well. And now with this uh, business going on, uh, you know, I have uh, some friends and colleagues who were deployed to various areas around the country, uh, you know, to help uh, support the, the mission there and to sort of, uh, you know, relieve some of the uh, the practitioners, uh, you know, from from those uh, particular areas who just needed a rest. Uh, so it's it's uh, pretty fascinating stuff. You know, that work is uh, primarily done in the back of a very large aircraft at uh, obviously very uh, uh, you know, 40,000 feet or so in the air. Uh, and so, you know, you're, you're working in a, a, you know, a pretty challenging environment and you have to make sure obviously all your equipment is uh, up to par and everything's ready to go because it's really difficult to land uh, if something goes awry. And so, uh, you know, they've transported patients on uh, sort of, uh, you know, life support, meaning, you know, ventilators and uh, they have done what's called ECMO transport. So uh, extra component and oxygenation where it's basically like cardiac or lung bypass. Uh, I know more, most recently they have actually evacuated, I believe, three uh, people who were actually were uh, presumed or infected with coronavirus back to, uh, you know, from sort of the, the frontline operating area back to uh, other facilities. So. There's no challenge uh, too big, I would say, and uh, you know we're sort of always prepared. Uh, that's a remarkable, a remarkable account of of what you have in store for you. I think I'm going to end off with some good memories. Now, you went to Solomon Schechter Academy and Bialik High School. You were in Cote St. Luke EMS. 
Uh, did you know when you were at Solomon Schechter, Bialik, and an EMS that you wanted to be a doctor one day? Yeah, you know, I, I sort of knew it from a young age. Uh, you know, the, the one message that I will always have for kids going through school is, uh, you know, I certainly had some challenges in school going through, and I persevered. And at some point, you know, I uh, I got to the, to the stage of my life where, you know, things sort of made more sense, especially in the sciences. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I worked hard. It was a passion I, I always had. Certainly when I joined uh, EMS in uh, 1994, it was <laughs> it seems like a long time ago. Was, uh, you yeah. know, I, I really was, was like gung-ho to serve my community. It was really some of the best times of my life with the team that we had in that community. I mean, there was nothing greater, you know, no greater sense of, of community service and, and, and value uh, than, you know, being able to, you know, show up for your shift and sort of roam around town and go on calls and take care of oftentimes either family members or family members of friends. I mean, I, I remember taking care of, you know, grandparents of friends that I was in school with and, you know, just being able to, to serve and, and, and be a member, you know, sort of a greater member of, of the community. Uh, you know, certainly the best times. I mean, the ice storm of 98 really stands out as, as the time where we were really tasked and challenged for an entire solid week. I remember, you know, vividly setting up the medical shelter, the shelters and the medical facilities in the Bialik High School gym, evacuating people out of apartment buildings, commandeering city buses, patrolling the neighborhoods at night when, you know, everything was basically shut down without power. You know, I remember evacuating uh, an elderly couple off of Mackle Boulevard in one of the duplexes, uh, you know, who were hypothermic and remember carrying them out. They were, you know, pale white and we ended up transporting them to the, to the Jewish general. And so it was just an amazing time. And, uh, you know, I, it's, an, it's actually really incredible. I just had a, uh, it's probably about a 30 plus year, uh, little, uh, reunion with some of my uh, friends and classmates from uh, elementary school at Solomon Schechter. And we're all still in touch, which is unbelievable. And I haven't seen some of them for probably the better part of 20 plus years, but we could just sort of sit back and chat like, like no time really has ever passed. And the last time we saw each other, we were, you know, 12 years old, 11 years old. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's unbelievable. So that's, you know, the other added value with what's going on right now is that people are taking a little bit of time to reach out rather than running around with the kids to activities, uh, you know, every day of the week and every weekend, uh, things have quieted down a little bit. And so there's the opportunity to be able to, you know, reach out and, and speak to people and, uh, that you haven't seen or talked to in over 30 years. So, and I'm, I, I'm very fortunate to still, you know, have some great friends who actually still live in Cote St. Luke uh, that I went to nursery school with. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's unbelievable that, uh, that, that these opportunities are, are there right now. Well, Jonathan, it's a great story. Uh, thanks for telling it to me. And uh, we look forward to staying in touch. Best of luck to you. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate the opportunity and hello to everybody in Montreal and more specifically Cote St. Luke. It's always, always going to be my home. That's great to hear. My guest has been Dr. Jonathan Traeger, Cote St. Luke boy makes good now in Pennsylvania. We'll see you next time. All the best. Stay safe. You too.